Jesus was unearthed in his resurrection body for 40 days after the resurrection. What happened on the 40th day, his last day on earth? The Lord Jesus Christ ascended into heaven. Get your Bibles and let's look at it. We've been looking at the days following the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus' first post-resurrection appearance was to Mary Magdalene, and then he appeared to other women and to two men on the road to Emmaus. Scripture tells us that he appeared to Peter and to the apostles hiding in the upper room twice on two different occasions. They were eight days apart. And then he appeared to 500 brethren at one time and he appeared to James, and he appeared to the disciples at the Sea of Galilee where he prepared breakfast for them and served them, and he restored Peter. Acts chapter 1, verse 3, Luke summarizes Jesus having presented himself alive. Look at it with me. Acts chapter 1 and verse 3. To these, that would be the apostles, he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. Well, what did he do on day 40? Look with me at Luke chapter 24. Now, here's what I want you to do. We're going to do a lot of flipping back and forth from Luke chapter 24 to Acts chapter 1. So put a marker in your Bible or turn the page back or do something so that you can flip easily with us. But I'm going to Luke chapter 24 and verses 50 and 51. It says this, And he, that is Jesus, led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came about that while he was blessing them, he parted from them. So what we're going to find back in Acts is that Jesus ascended into heaven. Now, Luke is the only gospel that records this culminating event of Jesus' time on earth. Luke tells it twice. He tells it at the end of the gospel of Luke, and he tells it at the beginning of the book, book of Acts. The, the apostle Luke, I'm sorry, Luke uh, wrote the book of Acts. And so he ends the Gospel of Luke with it, and he begins the book of Acts with it. The ascension of Jesus into heaven is a major doctrine of the church. Sometimes denominations, certain denominations, don't pay a lot of attention to it, but there is, it's a huge thing. It's, it's a culminating event in Jesus' time on earth, and there is only one brief account of it in Scripture. The ascension is the end of Christ on earth in Luke. In Acts, it sets the stage for the coming of the Holy Spirit and the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Now, Acts chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. I'm going to skip around because I want you to see some things before we read the whole passage. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. The first account I composed, that would be the Gospel of Luke, the first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach 
until the day when he was taken up after he had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the, to the apostles whom he had chosen. What orders did he give? Well, we could go back to Matthew chapter 28 to what we call the Great Commission. The Great Commission, those were the orders. Matthew 28 verses 19 and 20. Go therefore, Jesus is speaking. He says, you go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, Luke 24, 46 says the same thing in a little bit of a different way. We see the orders again in Luke 24, verses 46 and 47. He said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and rise again from the dead on the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. Now back to Acts chapter 1, and this time we're going to read the first four verses. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. The first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these apostles he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God and gathering them together. He commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you have heard from me. Flip back to Luke 24 and verses 50 through 53. And he, Jesus, led them, the apostles, out as far as Bethany. And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came about that while he was blessing them, he parted from them and they returned to Jerusalem. That's where Jesus had told them to go. They returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising God. Now Luke called it Bethany at the end of Luke, but here in Acts chapter 1 and verse 12, it calls it the Mount of Olives. Bethany is a kind of a suburb of Jerusalem, and it's right there at the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives is near Bethany. So what he tells us is that Jesus lifted his hands. That was a common gesture for bestowing a blessing. And by lifting hands, you're pointing to the direction of the source of all blessing. And so Jesus blessed them. Now we're not told what he said, but we know the things that he had promised all along. Think about them. Everlasting life, everlasting salvation, everlasting grace, everlasting mercy, comfort, peace, love. He was going to heaven to fulfill all of the promises that he had made. Heaven, the Holy Spirit, peace, power. So here in Acts chapter 1, I'm going to read the first 14 verses. Okay, so we're going to start again. Repetition is the way we learn. 
So Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. Here we go. The first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. And gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized in the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. And so when they had come together, they were asking him saying, well, Lord, Lord, is, is it at this time that you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Power to do what? And you shall be my witnesses in both Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even the remotest part of the earth. And after he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on and a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was departing, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them, that would be angels. And they also said, men of Galilee, why are you looking into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come back in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. And then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. Now that's a half a mile, a half a mile. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying that is Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the zealot and Judas the son of James. These were all with one mind and they were continually devoting themselves to prayer along with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and his brothers. And so let's see, I'm gonna stop at verse 14 there. All right. Hold on and go to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24, this time beginning in verse 44. 44, we're backing up a little bit. Now Jesus said to them, These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. I love this. Get it. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and rise again from the dead the third day and that repentance for forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending forth the promise of my father upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. 
And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came about that while he was blessing them, he parted from them. He was lifted up. And they returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising God. Now think with me just for a minute about these disciples. Now they understand. Jesus opened their minds to understand the scriptures, Old Testament, what's going on. So now they get it. They know why he died, why he arose. They know the fullness of the Old Testament and the fulfilled prophecies. Their doubts are gone. They got it. It finally got it and they had joy. And so they've gone from the depths of fear and hiding and doubt to this exhilarating moment when it's like, yes. And so it says, while he was blessing them, that's an interesting phrase because it means it took some time. We don't know how long, but while he was blessing them, he was being lifted up and they were standing there looking and hearing the blessing, being blessed, and he parted from them. So they watched him just as long as they could see. Did you ever do that? They just watched him as long as they could see. And then two angels came and stood beside them and asked, why are you standing here looking up into the sky? Now, it literally says, why are you looking longingly? Why are you looking longingly? Or why are you looking as if you're losing someone? So this is a word of encouragement from the angels because they're not losing anybody. Scripture teaches us that Jesus came out of the grave in his glorified body. And then he lived for 40 days with those who loved him in his glorified body. And then his glorified body went straight to heaven. A glorified body is a body that is prepared for heaven. This body can't live in heaven, but the glorified body can live in heaven. And so here they are, the disciples, they're worshiping him as he's going up. So he went up physically and bodily. And listen to me, that is exactly the way he will come back. Zechariah, verse 14, chapter 14, verses 1 through 4, let me just summarize it for you, tells us, Zechariah, Old Testament affirms what we've just seen here. He, will, he was lifted up from the Mount of Olives. And what did these angels say? He's going to come back in exactly the same way. So Zechariah, Zechariah tells us that when he comes back, he is going to come back in the same way to the Mount of Olives and when he touches it, it will split. So be ready and be watching. Now, scripture says he went to the right hand of God. He went to the right hand of God. That is the highest, most exalted place that God the Father could ever give. And so Hebrews says he sat down. I guess so. Of course, he wasn't tired, but he sat down. He took his position. His work on earth was over. He was given a name that is above every name. And he started his preparation for our heavenly home. What did he said? I go to prepare a place for you. So he's starting all of that. So the disciples returned to Jerusalem with great joy. They were ecstatic. They know the risen Christ. They understood the scripture. They knew he would be back. 
Their doubts and fears are gone. Their questions have been answered. They're ready to preach the gospel and joy dominated their lives instead of fear. They got it. They got it. And so Jesus had told them to go to Jerusalem and stay there until they were clothed with power from on high. So they were joyfully obedient. They were continually in the temple praising God, Scripture tells us. Now let's make a list. Why is the ascension significant? What is the significance of the ascension? Number one, all that Jesus had set aside to come to earth was returned to him. We know Philippians, all of the things he set aside in, in all of his glory, he put all of that aside to come to earth. And so now it is restored to him. In the high priestly prayer in John chapter 17 and verse five, he prayed to the father, take me back to the glory I had with you before the world began. So he's back. He's got all that back. Number two, it marked the completion of Jesus' salvation work. It marked the completion of Jesus' salvation work. The cross was sufficient for all time. He was done. He was finished. The sin debt had been paid. God the Father was satisfied. He had affirmed all of that with the resurrection of Jesus. And so salvation's work was done. Number three, it signaled the coming of the Holy Spirit. It signaled the coming of the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 16 and verse seven, Jesus said, if I don't go away, I can't send you the helper. So in order for the Holy Spirit to come, Jesus had to go back to heaven. He says, when I get there, I will send him to you. So it signaled the coming of the Holy Spirit. Number four, his ascension marked the start of his preparation of our heavenly home. John chapter 14, verse two, you probably know it. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. So when Jesus got to heaven, he set into preparing a heavenly home for all of us, for the church. Number five, this is important. It marked the passing of the work of evangelism to his followers. Jesus has been teaching and preaching and evangelizing the world while he was on earth. But when he leaves, what did he say? I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit to give you power to do what? Be witnesses. That's it. So here's a transfer of evangelism the responsibility of evangelism to his followers. He said, you go, you go, you go into all the world and you teach all nations. Number six, it marked his triumph over Satan. It marked his triumph over Satan. First John chapter three, verse eight says, he came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to destroy the works of the devil. The serpent's head was crushed. The serpent's head was crushed. And so he took away from Satan the power of death in his resurrection and is his ascension into heaven. So it marked his triumph over Satan. 
Number seven, it signaled his headship over the church and it marked the start of his high priestly work. He came to earth, he had been to earth as our savior. Now he is our high priest, our go-between, between us and the father. And so he is high priest. And scripture tells us that as high priest, he ever liveth to make intercession for us. So now he is in that position to be our advocate, to be our intercessor as he prays for us, as he intervenes for us, our advocate. That's interesting. Hold on to that thought because when an advocate is a defender, he's going to stand in our place. And that is tied to the fact that the scripture says, who can lay charge to God's elect? Who can lay charge to God's elect? Because if he is our advocate, mm -mm, you're not going to mess with him. He is in charge and in full control. He is head of the church and he is our high priest. Number eight, it guarantees his second coming. It guarantees his second coming. Look at Acts chapter 1 and verse 11 for one second. When they, the angels asked, they said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come back, will come in just the same way you have watched him go into heaven. The ascension is the launching pad for Jesus' return. It's the launching pad for Jesus' return. Number nine, it explains Jesus' absence. It explains Jesus' absence. Now, if he had just simply died, um, his absence would not require any explanation. I mean, when somebody dies, they're absent. We don't see them anymore. We don't know them. But this Jesus, this risen Christ, was going to give reason, give proof of the resurrection. And so his absence now required an explanation. It required attention. It required notice because he was seen alive by so many after his resurrection. So where did he go? I mean, he died. So everybody thought, okay, he's gone. Disciples thought, okay, he's gone. We've had it. But here he comes again. And he walks with them. He teaches them things concerning the kingdom for 40 days. And then he ascends into heaven and they watched it. They saw it. And when that happens, they have an explanation. It changed their lives. It changed the whole outlook of the, of the disciples when Jesus was able to open the scriptures to them and give them understanding. And they were like, yes, we've got it. And so then they got to watch him ascend into heaven. And they knew that he was going there to fulfill all of his promises to us. Look what a gift we've got in the Old Testament. Remember that the disciples didn't have this. The apostles didn't have this. The, the, Old Test, the New Testament did not exist. So they're holding on to all that they're learning, all that the Holy Spirit is revealing to them in their hearts. How wealthy are we that we've got the written record of everything that happened. So that finally, a lot of them wrote down, and Luke, Luke is the only one who wrote this, but it's enough for us to know. 
It's all God wanted us to know because this is the inspired, infallible, inerrant Word of God. So we've got this. And so number 10, it opened the way for the coming of the Holy Spirit, which is the next event in the days after uh, Jesus' resurrection, really. So he's ascended into heaven. And what did he say to the disciples? You go and you go to Jerusalem and you just wait a minute. You just wait a minute. That had to be hard because for the first time they understand they've got this and they are just busting to go preach the gospel. And Jesus said, you got to wait. You got to wait a minute. And we'll talk about this in another lesson. But they had some knowledge, but they didn't have any power. And so what Jesus is setting up is he says, if you're going to evangelize the world, you don't just need knowledge. You've got to have power and you've got to go wait for it. And they wound up waiting 10 days until the day of Pentecost. So the ascension opened the way for the coming of the Holy Spirit. Number 11, and the last one. The ascension was the day Jesus started working from home. During all of the COVID outbreak and all of the history that we've been living the last year or so, lots of people have been working from home. That's what Jesus did. He's working from home. He went back home. He is working from home. And so what he's done is he has transitioned from his earthly ministry to his heavenly ministry. And when he returned home, you know what he had? He had the keys of hell and death in his nail-scarred hand. That's what he had when he got home. And when he got home, when he got home, he was enthroned. He was enthroned. He was seated where John saw him in Revelation 5. Let's go there as we conclude. Revelation chapter 5. What happened when he got there? We're not given much information, but John saw him seated. Revelation chapter 5, beginning in verse 6. And I saw between the throne with four living creatures and the elders a lamb standing, as if he had, as if slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he came and he took the book out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, having each one a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy art thou to take the book. What's the book? The title deed of the earth. Worthy art thou to take the book and break its seals, for thou wast slain and did purchase for God with thy blood men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And thou hast made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. And I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the number of them was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, 
Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And every created thing which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them, I heard saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever. He is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Amen.